Congratulations, you have just found the number one over 50 health and wellness podcast on the planet. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life. So you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. Today we have another episode of The Coach's Corner, so no guest, it's just me, and we'll be back next week with our normal interview format. But this week I want to give you a quick update on what's happening with me over here at The Silver Edge, and then today's listener question inspired me to talk about how to eat and train for your specific goals. Now, instead of a full-on ad read here, let me just say this. We're getting ready to talk a bunch about different fitness goals and how to build strategic roadmaps for success. If you feel like you could use expert guidance and accountability to help you reach your goals, especially if you struggled with them in the past, hit me up. You can reach me at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. Okay, what's new over here at the Silver Edge? Some of you who have listened to this show for a while probably remember me talking with a guy named Adam Schaefer. We did a podcast episode that released, I think, early January-ish, and the title of that podcast was something like train like a bodybuilder or train for your first bodybuilding competition, something along those lines. But basically we had Adam on uh, to talk to us about why we might and why, and just as importantly, why we might not <laughs> entertain the idea of training like a bodybuilder or entering your first bodybuilding competition. Now I'll just start this by saying I don't have any intentions of doing a bodybuilding uh, competition that just doesn't really appeal to me. But after that episode, he inspired me to really train like a bodybuilder. So that's what I've been doing. And to be honest, it's been kind of up and down. Basically, what I'm doing today is just eating a boatload of food and working out really, really hard, primarily in that hypertrophy rep range. So doing lots of three, four, five sets of anywhere from basically 10 to 15 reps. So that's what my my workouts are looking like today. The reason I bring this up though is I've just I've been struggling lately on the nutrition side. So you guys know I talk all the time about metabolism. You guys probably think I'm obsessed with it, probably because I am. But just to put this into perspective, today I'm at about 203 pounds, and I'm getting ready to talk about that in a second. But I'm eating 4,000 calories a day. So it turns out my new maintenance calories are apparently 3,800 calories, 37, 3,800 calories. And I'm only really, I'm doing minimal walking and I'm basically doing an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minute full body workout three times a week. I mean, that's really it. I do some general movement, but I'm not doing any kind of cardio. I'm not doing any hit. I'm not doing any kind of conditioning. And I, the scale has been stuck. So I'm, when you train like a bodybuilder, basically we have two phases here, right? We want to build as much muscle as humanly possible. And then we want to go into a fat loss phase and strip away as much fat as possible, but without sacrificing any of that hard won muscle. And then in the end, what, what we hope to have is this physique, right? I, I, I turned 60 early next year. I want to roll into 60 as a jacked old man. So that's kind of where this is all coming from. But like I said, I've been really stuck and what's happened is, is the scale just won't budge. I'm, I'm at 202, 202 pounds, 203 pounds every single day have been for now, probably a couple of weeks. And so I just bumped up my calories to 4,000 calories a day. And I'm telling you, I'm struggling. That's a lot of food. I just feel full. I feel bloated. It's not fun. I don't enjoy eating that much food. Now I've been eating about 37, 38, and that was, that was good to get me from like 198 to 202. So that was a, that was a calorie surplus for a month or so as I gained weight, maybe, maybe even two months. And now all of a sudden I've plateaued. 
So in other words, my metabolism is just reset. My new maintenance calories now where they were 3,600 calories are now 3,800 calories. And I've bumped up to 4,000 calories. I've been trying to eat primarily whole foods, like real food, not as much processed foods, but I'm not going to lie. I have recently just thrown in some super ultra processed foods just to help me reach my calorie goals. I have, um, I should have looked at the brand name. It's some kind of gelato. I went to the ice cream aisle in my local supermarket and I just started picking up different ice creams and I'm all I'm looking for is the largest calorie per serving. <laughs> I found this gelato that had a ton of calories. It's, I think it's 330 calories per serving and a little pint thing has got three servings. So I can get a thousand plus calories by eating one of these containers. And I chose the flavor, which is a delicious chocolate peanut butter cup thing based on it was the one that had the most calories. So uh, I'm not, I'm not particularly happy about that. I don't particularly want to eat uh, ice cream every day. I'm basically eating half of one of those. So I'm getting about 500 calories from that ice cream after my dinner every night. It's not the ideal place to put it. That A better place to put it might be after lunch. Maybe now that I'm saying it, I might switch that out. Don't want all those carbs that late in the day right before bed. But I'm rolling into dinner with 1,500, 1,800 calories left. And I'm full. I don't feel like eating that much. So I am using some, just full disclosure, using some uh, ultra processed foods to help me meet my calorie goals. Now, what I want to do is obviously get unstuck to break up this plateau and start gaining weight again. And ideally, I want to gain primarily muscle. And I know that eating ice cream probably isn't moving me towards that very well. But the idea here is if I can plateau now at 4,000 calories at maybe 205, 206, 207, and then bump my calories to 42, 4,300 calories, get up to around north of 210, and on and on. But at any rate, one of the reasons I want to, to basically bore you with this stupid story of me eating ice cream in order to hit 4,000 calories a day, which is, if we think about it, pretty silly, really, is just to talk about how easy it is to overeat processed foods. So it is really difficult to overeat real whole foods. And it's really, really easy to overeat these hyper palatable ultra processed foods. Let me give you an example. For me, my, my favorite go-to when it comes to processed foods, I'm a sucker for the salty, basically potato chips. It's just, that's my nemesis. Absolutely love them. Don't mess around with any of the crazy flavors. I just want the plain salt, generic kind of boring potato chips. I can devour a bag, no problem. Now, if you think about one of those bags of potatoes, uh, one of those bags of potato chips, they contain three or four potatoes in them. I mean, there's a lot of potatoes that goes into one of those big bags of potato chips. There is no way I could sit down, even for a thousand dollars, somebody said, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you eat these four big baked potatoes. No, no butter, no, or yeah, sure, you can have butter on them. <laughs> um, but just eat four potatoes in one sitting. I'm, I'm not sure I could do it. Even if I really tried, I don't know that I could. However, I'm here to tell you, I know from experience, I can demolish a bag of chips kind of mindlessly. And that just goes to show that when we process these foods, they make them so much easier to eat. I forget, there was a study that showed that people, given the option between uh, free access to whole real foods versus uh, processed foods, ate, I think, 30 to 40% more calories when they were making selections from the processed foods. Anyway, just goes to show. So that's where I am in my training. I've been struggling with eating 4,000 calories a day. Um, I've added ice cream to help me boost. And um, that's where I am. I'll, I'll keep you, anybody who's interested, I'll keep you apprised of my, my progress or lack thereof on that. Okay. Question of the week. So if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I said, Hey, I'd love for you guys to send me your questions. Some of you have, I really appreciate those of you that have sent in some questions and I would ask, Hey, do you have a question that you'd like me to read on the air and answer for you? If so, I'd love for you to email me your question. You can email it to coach at silveredgefitness.com. 
those of you that follow me on Instagram or Facebook or someplace else, I, today's question was actually submitted by one of our one of our clients, Vinny, who's coached by Coach Monica, and he actually submitted the question via our Trainerize app. And I, I actually, I think he meant just to ask me, but when I saw the question, I was like, man, this would be a good question for the podcast. Asked him if he mind if I used it, and he said, no, of course not. So anyway, Vinny, thank you so much for today's question. And let's see here. Let me just paraphrase Vinny's question here. Basically, he called me out um, at one point when I was talking about ways to optimize your health span. I lumped CrossFit in with excessive cardio, with intense boot camp, intense conditioning work. And I said in that that, hey, Maybe this isn't in your best interest when it comes to optimizing your health span. And Vinny, a, a CrossFitter and cycler, called me out on that. He said, hey, I'm just interested to understand your thoughts on CrossFit. And he says, my assumption has always been that as CrossFit incorporates a good amount of barbells and strength movements, that this would be beneficial in a manner similar to traditional weightlifting. So this is a fantastic question, especially because you can see some of my personal bias coming through in the way I talked about this. Now, first of all, a couple of disclaimers here. Let's just say, first of all, if you want to be good at CrossFit, which is basically competitive exercising, you should absolutely do CrossFit. And secondly, let me just say that I love CrossFit. I've been a competitive CrossFit athlete myself. I've been a CrossFit coach. I'm still a level one CrossFit coach. I'm not currently coaching. Uh, so keep that in mind as I talk about CrossFit. But let's just use this last Memorial Day as an example. So on Memorial Day, basically all CrossFitters do this workout and it's called MRF. So the workout has a name. CrossFitters often give names to these horrific workouts. So this particular workout on Memorial Day, so this last Monday, most CrossFitters participated in some version of this. So the workout as written goes like this. You do a one mile run, you do 300 body squats, you do 200 push-ups, you do 100 pull-ups, and then you do another mile run, and you do this for time. Oh, and I almost forgot, you wear a weighted vest. So guys wear a 20-pound vest, ladies wear a 14-pound vest. Now, there is no way that we can say this workout increases our health span. This is admittedly an extreme example, but when we talk about health span, that's just too extreme. It's unless you are a very, very high level athlete, that is a grueling workout. Now, CrossFit does do a good job of what they call scaling. So if you couldn't run those miles, maybe you walk those miles, maybe you run a half a mile. Maybe you, if you have mobility issues and can't run at all, maybe you bike for a mile, something like that. If you can't do 300 body weight squats, maybe you, you modify that. If you can't do push-ups, maybe you do your push-ups to a box or something like that. If you can't do pull-ups, Maybe you do like ring rows or something like that. So uh, CrossFit, I will say that CrossFit does a great job of scaling this so that all athletes, regardless of their level, can participate. But we can say that this kind of a workout really, while it does have perhaps some benefit if you do it as prescribed, right, for mental toughness or for endurance, or if you're a very elite level athlete, then this might be appropriately dosed. For most of us, that's not an appropriate dose if we're looking at it through the lens of long-term health and longevity and health span. Now, Murph is actually a pretty extreme example, but it's hard to make a case for a lot of things that CrossFit does when we look at it again through that lens of health span, longevity, ultimate health. And one of the first things is, is that CrossFit does a lot of Olympic lifts. These are cleans, clean and jerks, snatches, and other lifts like deadlifts and things. And they do it for time. So these are really complex movements that people spend lifetimes perfecting the skill of these movements. And CrossFit's taking these basically novice athletes, people like you and I, giving us some barbells and, and some very rudimentary training and saying, okay, I want you to do 30 clean and jerks for time. Again, you can make a case for that being okay, and I suppose, maybe sort of somehow, 
but you can't make a case that that's good for long-term health and longevity. You, you really can't. And if we make the assumption that our goal is to grow and maintain type two muscle mass as we age. And we agree that it's desirable to do this, right? And we look at people like Dr. Jonathan Sullivan or Dr. Gabriel Lyon, some of the work that they've done here. Then we want to exercise in a way that optimizes building and maintaining type two muscle mass. Now, while CrossFit does typically have a strength component to it, we negate or at the very least we blunt the muscle building effects by moving from this strength piece or the strength exercises straight into a usually very intense conditioning piece. So just so you non-crossfitters know what I'm talking about, a very typical CrossFit class might look like this. You go in, you spend 10 minutes doing a warm up. You spend 15, 20 minutes working on strength or skill typically. And then you're going to get to the meat of CrossFit. You're going to do some sort of really hardcore uh, conditioning. You're going to go hard. You're, you're going to get your heart hammering and end up laying on the, on the floor in a pool of sweat. And people love it, myself included, right? I mean, all the endorphins are popping off and the uh, cortisol spiked. And we call these people <laughs> cortisol junkies. I mean, if you love beating yourself up in that way, that is a great feeling. But if we agree that increasing, maintaining type two muscle mass is our goal when we talk about specifically a long, healthy health span, then again, going just constantly doing that intense, intense cardio right after you've done strength training kind of blunts that strength training and muscle building response. Now, that being said, CrossFit's done a lot of fantastic things. A, if you certainly anybody who's CrossFitting and CrossFitting what I would call sanely or safely is light years ahead of anybody who's sitting on the couch or those of us who are very, very sedentary, right? So way ahead of that. But CrossFit has also basically single-handedly rescued the barbell, specifically Olympic lifting, the snatch and the, and the, the cleans, the jerks, these movements were all but dead before CrossFit came on the scene. They were very, very niche. And CrossFit has rescued that, right? They've put barbells into the hands of people like you and I and taught us how to do snatches, how to do cleans, how to jerk, very functional, very powerful movements. And they've done more than any other organization on earth to put barbells into older people, specifically older women's hands. So to introduce us to strength training, to introduce us to these powerful plyometric dynamic movements. So Again, I don't want to come off as trashing uh, CrossFit. It does have its, it has its pluses and its minuses. And I want to thank Vinny for this great thoughtful question, because this question gave me the idea for basically the, what's going to follow for the rest of this show. So thanks Vinny. Great question. And again, we're getting ready to deep dive into different goals and different types of training modalities and eating modalities to support those goals. Okay, so my social media shout out for this week, before we get to the rest of the show today, for fitness, I have Jessie, and I'm not even going to try and say Jessie's last name, but she is the glucose goddess on Instagram. You can find her at glucose goddess, that's her handle. And she, her, her content is what you probably think it is based on her, based on her handle, the glucose goddess. She is a, uh, she's an author and she's an expert on all things glucose. So all of you that are interested in carbs and glucose and insulin and insulin spikes, she has fantastic, fantastic educational content. Strongly suggest everybody give that a follow. Now, for my personal shout out, as I'm looking at this, I think I've already given her a shout out, but if so, that's fine. She deserves another shout out. It's Shelly Stetner. She's 72 years old. I was just talking to uh, uh, somebody recently about her, but Shelly, like I said, she's 72 and this Friday, in fact, the day this drops, she is going to be at, I think it's the National Powerlifting Raw USA Championship. She's at some sort of a, a big powerlifting championship competition. If you don't, if you're not familiar with powerlifting, powerlifting is your one rep max. So the, the most weight you can possibly lift in three lifts. It's the deadlift, the barbell back squat and the bench press. She's already a world champ. 
And again, she's going to, I know she's going to break some records or that's why she's going this, this, this Friday. And you guys can follow her on Instagram. She's, her handle is at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y underscore Ann, A-N-N underscore 28. So Shelly underscore Ann underscore 28. Definitely recommend you give her a follow. And what I'd love for you guys to do is give her a shout out. Just say hello, tell her she's been a guest on this show. And I'll put the notes to that interview in this episode as well, uh, as well as the Glucose Goddess handle as well. And you can find those at silveredgefitness.com slash 197. But <laughs> I'm very fond of saying Shelly's not just strong for a little old lady. She's just badass strong. Just to give you a, a, an idea here, I think she is going to attempt and probably complete a deadlift of, oh gosh, Shelly, I, f- I forget what you're currently lifting, but I bet it's going to be over 300 pounds. In fact, I think it's going to be over 330 pounds. This is a strong woman, right? And just so inspiring for those of us in our 50s, 60s, 70s to see what's possible. Because if I say to you, imagine a 72-year-old woman, you probably are not imagining a woman like Shelly. Anyway, again, Glucose Goddess, Shelly Statner, both great follows. Eating and training for your goals. Okay, so I was inspired by Vinny's question about CrossFit and HealthSpan. So I wanted to talk about goal setting and then how to align your training and your eating based on that, not the other way around, because I think that's what often happens is we get training programs, we get diet advice without really understanding what our goal is. And like I said at the top of the show, when Vinny asked that question, it kind of exposed my bias a little bit, right? I, you probably get the gist of where I'm coming from. I'm all about restoring metabolic health at the cost of everything else, but not everybody has the same goals. So I wanted to talk a little bit about something called the triangle of awareness. And I think this is a great way for us to just conceptualize what we're talking about. Now, for those of you on YouTube, you're, you're probably now looking at an actual diagram of the triangle of awareness. For those of you out there in podcast land, bear with me. I'm going to try and describe this. But the triangle of awareness is a concept that was taught to me when I got my NCI. That was my second nutrition certification coaching. I I went back and got a second certification just because of the content that they teach specifically around, uh, they have a very application-based model, a very health-first-based model. But I really enjoyed the training module on the triangle of awareness. As far as I'm, I, as far as I know, I think that this is their intellectual property. They came up with this triangle of awareness to help clients understand goals and to help us coaches to program appropriately depending on what someone's goals are, as opposed to us say, assuming that we know what they are. So. Most of us want everything, right? We want to look good. We want to perform well. We want to live to be a hundred years old. We want everything, but we need to be aware that when we chase everything, we typically get nothing. So we don't get closer to specific goals by being very, very general. And when we choose specific goals, we make sacrifices elsewhere. So let's imagine a triangle and at the top intersection, we're going to have aesthetics. At the bottom left, we're going to have performance and we're going to put longevity over in the lower right corner. So again, we have aesthetics at the top peak of my triangle. I've got performance at the bottom left and I've got longevity in the lower right corner. So let's just talk about what I mean, I suppose, before we get going on these three goals, really. We have three types of, three general types of goals, aesthetics, performance, and longevity. When we talk about aesthetics, we're talking about the ideal physique. So if you think about this in its extreme, these are your bodybuilders. These are your fitness models, things along that line. But weight loss is also in this category. So that That pertains to certainly 90% of our clients come to us with an aesthetic goal. They want to lose weight, maybe build muscle. So when we talk about aesthetic, we're primarily concerned with losing fat and gaining muscle. 
performance is what it sounds like. So when we talk about a performance goal, we're talking about things like we just talked about Shelly, um, Shelly Stetner. She's, she's very performance based. She's not worried about aesthetics. She's not worried about longevity. She is 100% focused on performance in powerlifting in her particular sport. So our performance folks are folks that are looking to perform well, typically in a sport. So that could be CrossFit. That could be running, it could be tennis, it could be anything that requires actual performance. That's a performance goal. And then finally, we have longevity goals. And longevity says, hey, I want to live as long as possible. And you hear now that, hey, today's, you know, children born today will live to be 130, or maybe you have a goal to live to be 100 or 110. So again, keep in mind, we have this triangle. We're going to put aesthetics at the top. I'm going to put performance in lower left, I think we said, and longevity lower right. Now, with that picture in your mind, if I said draw a dot anywhere you want on that triangle, many of you might be tempted to draw a dot right smack in the middle of that triangle. But again, if really your goal, if you say, yeah, I, I want to perform well, of course I do. Yes, I want to live to be a hundred. And of course I want to lose weight and gain muscle. I, I want all three of those. So I'm going to put my dot smack in the middle of that triangle, but you know, what's going to happen. Nothing. If I program for you, if I program your exercise and your nutrition and your lifestyle for that goal, that goal of, I want equal aesthetics, I want equal performance and I want equal longevity, nothing's going to happen. I want you to reimagine our triangle, but this time, we have, remember we have aesthetics at the top, we have performance in the lower left, and I got longevity lower right. I'm going to say, put your dot anywhere you want on that triangle, as long as it's on the perimeter, on the outside line of our triangle, so to speak. Now, most of you have aesthetic goals, so you're probably going to put your dot pretty close to that upper, upper tip, but notice when I'm all the way up there at aesthetics, where I'm, my primary goal is, is fat loss, I'm really far away from performance and I'm really far away from longevity. Now, let's say I want my goal to be more longevity and I slide my little dot down towards longevity. Notice the closer I get to longevity, the further I get away from aesthetics and from performance. And likewise, if my goal is performance, if I'm all the way down in that lower left-hand corner performance, I'm far away from aesthetics and longevity. So I think that's a great way to visualize your goal. And I use this when we intake clients. I say, what are your goals? And I'd listen carefully, right? And oftentimes people will have a number of different goals and I'll ask them why that's important to them. And we oftentimes we get pretty deep, right? These can be pretty vulnerable questions to ask. Somebody who wants to lose a lot of weight or somebody has maybe some body dysmorphia, um, these can be kind of vulnerable conversations, but it's important that we know what your goal is. And it's important that you, the client, or you, the person who wants the goal, understands what it is. And it's critical for us, the coaches, to know what that goal is because we're going to program differently. We're going to program nutrition and exercise completely different for all three of those goals. Now, remember in the intro, I was talking about Benny's question. I said my bias was exposed. I'm assuming that when we say health spans, I know what your goals are. Or I'm assuming when I say, hey, CrossFit isn't great in this particular case. What I'm assuming is, is that CrossFit is down there towards that performance. And therefore, it's further away from longevity and it's further away from aesthetics. So it's really important for somebody like Vinny or any, any of you CrossFitters out there that love CrossFit, want to get better at CrossFit, what you should do is CrossFit. And the way we should coach you nutritionally and exercise wise would support that performance goal, right? As opposed to say, I'm in an aesthetic st stage myself. I'm trying to build muscle and lose fat. I want this aesthetic look. So I'm nowhere near, I'm way up at the tip of the aesthetic point of this triangle. I'm nowhere near longevity and I'm nowhere near performance because I'm way up at one end, but that's my goal. So I'm programming my nutrition and my exercise programming accordingly. Again, so we require different nutrition and exercise strategies for each of these goals. What I thought it would be fun to do is just use myself as an example, and we'll walk through what eating and exercising might look like for each of these goals. 
And let's start with aesthetics since that's actually what I'm doing today. Now, note that I've spent most of my active life chasing performance. I've been in that performance space most of my life. I've never really programmed nutrition or exercise for longevity, but we'll talk about what that might look like. But let's start with aesthetics. Remember when we talk about aesthetic, we're talking about building an ideal physique and the the really extreme version of that's going to be your bodybuilders, it's going to be your fitness models, people like that. But I'm basically right now, I'm concerned with building muscle and losing fat. And the way we typically do that is through this bulk and lean sort of cycle. So we're periodizing our exercise. We're periodizing our nutrition in a way that supports that goal. But note that I am sacrificing both longevity and performance right now. We cannot say that me eating 4,000 calories a day, including half a pint of ice cream of this gelato peanut butter goodness is good for me on a longevity standpoint. And like I said, I used to be a a competitive CrossFit guy. I would get crushed there right now. So again, the further I am up towards that goal of aesthetic, the further I am away from the other two, regardless of what my goal is, right? So let's talk a little bit about what periodization might look like. So I've just told you I'm eating a whole bunch of food. So part of training like a bodybuilder for aesthetics for me is to eat a bunch of food, to lift heavy weights, to get stronger, to build muscle. I will phase that until I get to my goal and then I will do a cut. I will do a diet. I will move into a calorie deficit. I'll change up my exercise programming to support what I'm doing. And now my goal is really I've I've switched from muscle building to fat loss. And so I'm really focusing on how can I hang on to as much muscle as I possibly can while burning the maximum amount of fat. Now, note that I can't gain 100% pure muscle and zero fat, nor can I lose 100% fat and zero muscle. But I want to manipulate my nutrition and my exercise in such a way that I minimize fat gain while I'm getting, while I'm building muscle and vice versa while I'm dieting. Now, for the rest of you out there who maybe don't, aren't as concerned with the muscle building side, but just are looking at aesthetic from a fat loss side, I will say basically the same thing is the same process, the same recipe, the same roadmap is true for you. We're not going to ask you to eat 4,000 calories and be uncomfortable and in gastric distress because you're just, you have this stupid goal of trying to gain all this muscle, but we are going to ask you to do a reverse diet. Most likely we are going to ask you to eat more. We are going to ask you to rebuild and to optimize your metabolism before you do that diet phase. We're not going to jump straight into a diet. We're going to build you up, get you strong, get you healthy, get you eating plenty of food. We're going to program your exercises to support that muscle building. And then we are going to switch our focus to fat loss. We'll go on a diet. We won't mess around. We'll get in, we'll get out, and then we'll reverse diet you back to that metabolically healthy place, and we'll periodize that. We'll cycle through that several times to get you to your goal of fat loss. So whether your goal in aesthetics is muscle building, just I just want to build as much muscle as possible, or I'm not really interested so much in muscle, I'm more interested in fat loss, really the process is the same. We're still, in order to have an aesthetic look, you need to have some mus- some amount of muscle and you need to lose some fat, typically. Okay, so let's switch gears. That's aesthetics. I want to talk about performance. Let's switch my goal now. Let's just say that instead of deciding I wanted to take this year and train like a bodybuilder, that this year I decided I was going to see how far I could go in CrossFit. So those of you that are familiar with CrossFit, or maybe you're not, but you've seen this on TV, CrossFit has something called the CrossFit Games, and it's basically their Olympics, right? So CrossFitters from all around the world do this big, giant competition called the CrossFit Open. There's hundreds of thousands of people that participate, and you participate in this. Basically, they weed the field down. So if you do really well in the Open, you go to the next phase, and you can think of that as like the semifinals and then the quarterfinals. And basically, you get to where they take, I think it's the top 10 athletes in each age division gets to go to the CrossFit games. And let's just say now, let's pretend that my goal is next year to be in the CrossFit games. So I've just taken, remember my, my pointer, my dot was all the way at the top on aesthetic of our triangle. I'm sliding it 
all the way down to performance. And again, I'll just point out, I'm not worried about my aesthetics. I may, I'm, if I'm super lean and shredded from that aesthetic and I move straight to this, I'm going to put on some fat because I'm going to require some fat. I'll, I'll still look good if I'm a, if I'm an elite CrossFit athlete, but not the same way as I am, as I was in that aesthetic phase. And remember, the goal is completely different here. I'm not worrying so much about a look. I'm worried just solely about my performance. Again, my longevity is out the window. What I'm doing as an elite CrossFit athlete is not helping my long-term lifespan or really health span. I'm moving. I'm not going to, if I continue to pound myself and train in the way that's necessary to perform at a high or an elite level, I am moving far, far away from my longevity goal. And again, moving away from the aesthetic goal. So what would training and nutrition look like here? So for performance now, where before in aesthetics, I probably had a lot of protein. I was probably, I was certainly manipulating my carbs, probably having carbs while I was bulking, probably pulling carbs away while I was shredding or while I was leaning out on that calorie deficit and dieting. Here, I don't care about any of that. I want the carbs. I need the fuel on board. So I am eating enough food to fuel performance and that's it. Now, if I were looking at next year, I want to peak for the games. I would, I would look at this almost like an athlete. I would have a preseason. I would have a season. I would have my peak and then I'd have some sort of a, uh, a postseason. So the way that might look is I will start um, increasing my calories, start adding some carbs, start working on some muscular endurance, some cardiovascular endurance, um, some of that in, uh, intense movement that's required in these intense conditioning pieces. I'll need to keep continuing to bump up my fuel and uh, monitor that as I go. I'll probably need to program in a couple of deload weeks in there. Um, so I might, I might go hard for six weeks and take a week where I really go easy and just focus on mobility, maybe a couple of weeks, then get back in there and CrossFit. It's kind of a funny example because as opposed to powerlifting where I'm focused on one thing only, which is just brute strength, CrossFit rewards, as the name implies, being good at a lot of things and not being great at any one thing. So I'm constantly tweaking my exercise to shore up areas where I have deficiencies. So for example, maybe that's gymnastic movements. Crossfitters are famous for thing, doing things like kipping type movements and muscle ups and things, handstand walks, things like that. So if, if I suck at that, I need to work on that. And I'll, I'll take a, a block of training and work on that. In my case, I'd probably need to work on that one rep max strength. And when I was a CrossFit athlete, I'd typically did very well in Metcons and these intense conditioning pieces where it's just go, 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 especially if it's go, go, go with light-ish weight. Now, when it came to a one rep max on the deadlift or um, a heavy clean and jerk, things like that, or what they call ladders where the, say uh, we're doing a clean and jerk ladder where the barbell gets heavier each, uh, each time you move up, those are areas that I'd, I'd have to set a block of time just to work on that. So I'd be periodizing my training based on what I needed for performance and I'd be fueling that as well. And then going into my competition week, I would do this deload where I would start scaling back my work so that I, I would hit that at my peak performance. And then I would have some consideration for what I would do postseason, right? So after the CrossFit games were over, my nutrition and my exercise would change. Exercise-wise, I would greatly reduce the volume, greatly reduce the intensity. I would be focused more on restorative movements, mobility, probably shoring up some nagging injuries that I would undoubtedly have by now, and I would be eating to support those goals. All right. So we talked about performance. We talked about aesthetics. Let's talk a little bit about the goal of longevity. And again, this is one that I have to admit, I've not really experimented much with personally, uh, have worked with some folks with longevity goals and it's a little bit different. So if you're saying, let's just say, or I'll use myself as an example. Let's just say, I'm not going to be a CrossFit athlete. Don't care what I look like, but Come hell or high water, I'm going to live to be 110 years old. So that's my goal. I want to live to be 110 year old. Note that now I'm way over here on the far right 
uh, point of my triangle and I'm as far away as I can get from performance and I'm as far away as I can get to aesthetics. So I'm not going to look, I'm not going to have that ideal physique, that, that big muscles, low fat body type. I'm not going to be a performer. I'm not going to run a really fast 5k. I'm not going to be a CrossFit. Um, uh, I could be a CrossFitter, but I would be a I would be a pretty mediocre, probably poor CrossFitter. I wouldn't be, I would definitely not be a power lifter, right? But my goal is now I want to live to be 110. What would that look like? So you've probably heard me say, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've undoubtedly heard me at some point say, you should eat 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight every day. And I'll stand by that. But again, here's my bias. I stand by that if your goal is performance and especially if your goal is aesthetics. But guess what? If you come to me and you say, I want to live to be 110, you probably don't need to be eating a gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. You just don't. So what would a nutrition plan look like for somebody who said, I don't care about aesthetics, don't care about performance. Here's where the Mediterranean diet really shines. Now, look, the Mediterranean diet could absolutely be the basis for aesthetics. It could absolutely be the basis for performance, but we're tweaking that diet fairly significantly the more hardcore you're going into each of those. So for example, if your goal is just to lose 20 pounds and so your goal is aesthetics, we could probably use Mediterranean as it's as written. If your goal is to compete in a bodybuilding show, we're going to stray away from that. Similarly with performance, if you just want to, you know, if you want to be able to show up at your CrossFit class and feel good, look good, perform decent, you can do Mediterranean-ish. You want to compete in the games, you're probably veering away from that a little bit. Now, when we talk about longevity, though, we're talking about the bulk of our diet's going to be leafy greens, going to be all whole whole foods. It's going to be healthy omega-3 fatty acids. So lots of those olives and small fish, they, they call them the smash fish, the, what is that? Sardines, mackerels, anchovies, herring, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, the small oily fish that, um, that very famous in Mediterranean diets, lots of avocados, olives, things like that. So that's going to be the basis of your diet. And where when we're talking about aesthetics, we talked about we're going to have a bulk season, then we're going to have a diet season. That doesn't serve you very well if you want to live to be 110. We don't need to be going on these extreme diets. And I say extreme, but depend on what your goal is. But constantly building a lot of muscle and then leaning out and and things of that nature aren't really serving you. Again, when we're all the way at the tip top of aesthetics, we're as far away as we can be from, from longevity. So for longevity, we want to eat primarily a plant-based diet and we want to supplement that with Again, seafood and some limited lean meat. So that's what we're doing on a nutrition side. We, and now <laughs> people are going to say, what about wine? Yes, people in long, in, in the Mediterranean who eat in Mediterranean type diets oftentimes do incorporate a small amount of wine. And remember the other thing that's very common in these areas where we see longe, the, the most longevity, the blue zone, so to speak. We're looking at things outside of just diet and exercise because these people live a different social life than we do. They live with less stress than we do. They have more intimate connections with family and friends and they have more connections and intimate connections within their community. They typically have spiritual practices. So they're living a lifestyle that's radically different from a Western lifestyle for the most part. And remember that diet and, and movement is just one part of when we say longevity. So in longevity, then plant forward, lots and lots of plants, fruits, vegetables, all that fun stuff, a little bit of seafood and other lean meat. You're probably not eating a whole lot of beef in that diet and for that lifestyle. And when it comes to movement, we're not lifting a whole lot of weights, at least not heavy. We're not pushing performance at all. Again, you're not going to do a powerlifting meet. You're not going to get heavy. You're not going to try and PR your 5K. But you are going to do restorative type movement. You're probably going to walk a lot. You're probably going to have maybe a yoga, a gentle yoga practice. You're going to have some sort of a move, daily movement practice. It's just not going to be what I advocate on this show, what I advocate when I in my social media, which is 
typically geared towards aesthetics and sometimes performance. So that's what I mean when I say I've got a bias. I don't often talk much about longevity, but longevity is, an, is look, whatever your personal goal is, is a valid goal. Whether that's aesthetics, performance, longevity, or you just say the hell with all that, I'm into something completely different. Who am I to say that's not 100% valid? Just know that when I'm giving advice, when I say, hey, you should do this, or this is a good idea, or never do this, I'm really saying that through the lens of I'm trying to improve your aesthetics and to a lesser degree, your performance. And I'm not so much giving you advice on, hey, I want to live to be 110 or 120, right? Because again, if you think about going all the way back to our our triangle of performance, where we have aesthetics all the way at the top, you have performance over here, we have longevity over here. The further we move towards one, the farther away we move from somewhere else. So what's important to you? I will say this. I'll leave you with this thought. You can, in fact, pursue all three. You just can't do it at once. My advice is this. Pick the area that's most important to you. And for most of you listening, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's aesthetics. In fact, it's specifically, it's weight loss. It's, and I hope that those of you that are listening long enough would, would know that when I say weight loss, I don't mean weight loss. I mean fat loss, right? We want to build some muscle, lose some fat. Pick a goal and go for it. Get some good, well-thought-out, periodized exercise programming and nutrition planning that that supports those goals. And once you've achieved that goal, remember all the way back at the beginning, I said, put a dot wherever you want. And I said, a lot of you would put it right smack in the middle of that triangle. And I said, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to put it on the perimeter. Well, now you've reached a goal. Now you might gradually move down into the center of that triangle. So once you've achieved a goal of aesthetic or performance or even longevity, I suppose, you could move back towards the center because that's a really good place to hang out and live. So if I've, if I've reached my aesthetic goal, let's just say, or I've reached my performance goal, now I'm willing to let go of some of that for a more balanced, healthy lifestyle in the middle. But now I'm in the middle instead of being far away from either aesthetic or performance or longevity. Now I'm in the middle where I've accomplished some goals. I've got a, a body composition I'm happy with. I want to maintain that for the rest of my life. What if I just hang out? My home base is the middle of that triangle. And I will make forays out into those corners whenever I feel like it. So if I'm hanging out for 6, 12 months in the middle of that, I'm feeling good and I'm maintaining, I'm, I'm eating and exercising in a way that maintains my either my performance, my aesthetics, or my longevity. And I feel like, you know what? I'd like to build a little muscle and lean out a little bit. Well, then I just... I just take a little journey north up to the top of our triangle and I spend six, 12 months there and I work on those aesthetic goals. Then I go, you know what? I'm proud of myself. I, I did it. Let me just kind of move back into that more balanced position. And then maybe a little later say, you know what? I really miss CrossFit. I, I, I miss jumping around like a maniac. Let me, let me move down to performance. Let me go see what I can do there. Let me see how far I can take it. Then maybe this is the year I see if I can you know, go to regionals or whatever they're calling it these days in, in the CrossFit Open. Or let me see how strong I can get. I've never really been strong. What can I, you know, at age 60, can I deadlift 500 pounds? I don't know. Let, let me go down there and take a foray there and then migrate back into that balanced position. And now, by now we beat ourselves up a little bit. We've done some performance. We've done some aesthetics. So you know what I've never really done is really worked on my mobility, really focused on flexibility, really focused on balance and coordination. I've never really eaten in a way that supported longevity. Let me, let me pour into that. Let me spend the next six months. Let me spend the next year really honoring my body in us in, in this health manner, in this longevity manner. Let me, let me join a, a yoga practice. Let me get really good at uh, body awareness and mobility and moving pain free. And when you've done that for a little bit of time and you're like, you know what? I really miss eating steaks and eggs and, <laughs> and jumping around like a maniac. Maybe we move back to the center in that well-balanced place. So again, I just want to leave you with this idea that I love the idea of being well-balanced. Know when you hear me speak in my content, I'm looking through the lens. I'm biased basically towards aesthetics. 
and to some degree performance. So when I'm talking to you, if you think about that triangle, we have aesthetics at the tip and we have um, performance over here in the lower left. I'm talking to you just a little ways down from the aesthetics. I want you to be able to perform. Uh, I think that's important for those of us over 50. We should be strong. We should be capable. We should be vital. We should be able to, to run and jump and move well. But I also think that we should, A, look good, since that's what most of you pay us for as clients, right? You're not coming to us typically to say, hey, I, you know, I've got a goal of slam dunking a basketball. Most of you are coming in saying, hey, I've got a goal to get rid of these 20 pounds and I've tried everything, everything, and I've lost it and gained it back so many times. So know that that's the filter I'm talking about. When you hear me say, you should do this, you should do that, or avoid this, avoid that, take that with a grain of salt. Because I'm assuming that I know what your goal is. And I'm assuming that your goal is aesthetics. I'm assuming that maybe you want to have a little bit of performance in there. Maybe a little bit of longevity. I'm assuming you want all three. So there you go. There's my triangle of awareness. I hope this made sense to you. Sorry I rambled so long. If you guys have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Um, best way is email. You can always email me at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. I want to remind you that you can download our free Over 50 Guide to Optimizing Your Metabolism over at SilverEdgeFree.com. You can find all of the show notes for this episode over at SilverEdgeFitness.com slash 197. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. One is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to consider giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today and until next time, stay strong. <laughs>